Hello and welcome to Method Meets Magic Radio. This week we have a little bit of a surprise. Dan is not joining us today. He has a prior engagement, so he's not able to be here. But we do have Brenda Florida here with us on Method Meets Magic Radio. So um, Brenda, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us who you are. Well, hello. I'm so happy to be here with you today. So I am Brenda Florida. I'm a certified life coach and business mentor, some would call me. Um, I help people in any sort of life situation that they would need life coaching on, mainly with a focus on mindset. And then I help uh, small entrepreneurs, usually solo entrepreneurs, who need help running their business or managing their business or setting up systems because I am all about getting it done and out in the world, which is sort of perfect for our topic today. So thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you're here. And um, Brenda, you definitely know how to get things done. Um, Brenda does a lot. She does a lot of helping with Dan's brand and um, everything looks super beautiful. So for anybody out there who might be looking for someone to help them with their business and their brand, um, where can people find you? My website is brendaflorida.com. And you can email me, you can contact me through there or email me at Brenda at BrendaFlorida.com. And of course, I'm on Facebook with a name like Brenda Florida. I'm pretty easy to find. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't know. I don't know too many other Brenda Floridas out there in the world. And there's definitely only one that's like you, which is awesome. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. So for anybody who's just listening in for the first time ever, um, you can head over and like our page on Facebook, Method Meets Magic Radio. Um, It's typically Dan Mangena and myself who are on here. And today we have this very special guest to talk to you about taking action. So we've done this beautiful series for the past, I want to say seven or eight weeks. And we've talked about how do you make changes in your life? What are sort of the building blocks to making changes in your life before you just go out there and take random action, what needs to happen? And so in the past few weeks, we've talked about number one, the first thing that we want to do is look at our energy and our emotions. What type of energy are we carrying about the thing that we're wanting to change in our life? So for example, if I'm wanting to lose weight, Am I carrying an energy of sadness, disappointment? It's not possible for me. Um, What kind of energy am I carrying around my goal or my desires? Number one, we've talked about how do we start to shift that. Number two, we've talked about our mindset. What are the thoughts that are running through our minds, the stories that are running through our minds? I won't ever be able to lose weight. I've always been overweight ever since I was a kid. Every time I used to try to lose weight when I was younger, it didn't work. So we start to look at how can you start to change your thoughts so that you're really pointing your thoughts in the direction of it's possible for me to do what it is that I desire to do. I am good enough, whatever it may be. And then this week, we're really focusing on action. How do we start taking action towards our goals, towards the things that we desire in a way that we're bringing our new mindset with us and we're bringing our new energy with us and we're really starting to intentionally create the life that we desire. So I'm super, super excited to have Brenda here talking with us about that today. So Brenda, um, I would love to hear from you. We talked a little bit earlier about um, your, you have your own little framework that you use around taking, like getting, changing your life and creating what it is you desire in your life. So what are some of the the building blocks for you? Is there anything else that you and you encourage your clients to do before taking action? Yes. So I have on my website, on my coaching page, I have this laid out if anybody wants to go see it in writing, but it's what I call the four pillars to sustainable transformation. So exactly what you brought up at the beginning here in the introduction is that we want to make change in our life that's really long term, that's sustainable, not something that comes and goes. We've all gone to the gym for two weeks and then quit going, you know. So what I really started looking at what are the components of creating sustainable transformation. And so much like what you've talked about, the four components are I call them yearnings because I love that word, but it's about your desires, really being clear, knowing what you desire, and then getting your thoughts in alignment with that because our thoughts will derail us faster than anything. Then are your feelings and thoughts and feelings are always connected. And then 
taking action. And action isn't necessarily number four because it's not necessarily a hierarchy. Eventually they go in a circle because one of the things that I love about action is that when we finally take action, like if all we do is think about the change we want in our lives, and even if I've got my feelings in alignment and my intention and my thoughts are all sunshine and roses, you know, but then I don't ever take any action, it doesn't do any good. Or if I take action, um, then sometimes I start to see where I misjudge things or how I thought something would work. Is it working? Like you never know you're on track until you start taking action, which is why action is so empowering. I think if we want to look under the lens of empowerment, I could be super empowered in my own mind, but how much does that serve me until I bring it out into the world, which always happens through action. So they kind of create a circle after a while because then I take action that triggers then a limiting belief or a feeling, you know, if everything doesn't go perfectly, then maybe I start feeling diminished or like a failure. And then we have to go back and take care of those pieces again. And so it just creates this really sort of lovely circle, but you can't be even in the circle if you don't take the action. Yeah, there's, it's cool as I'm, as we're talking, Brenda and I are actually on Zoom video and it's very cool. Uh, yeah, so I'm able to see her and it's cool because you're making this sort of, um, it almost to me looks like a tornado or like a cyclone mm -hmm. or uh, some sort of spiral where it's like we start at the very bottom and I think I, I would actually really love to talk about desire because I think desire is a huge part of uh, it's a, it's an energy that moves us forward and moves us mm -hmm. into taking action. But what's cool is I'm thinking as you're talking about desire and the seed of desire, it's like we kind of spiral up as you're like you spiral up, you go. Sometimes we come back around to that old thought or that old feeling. But what's cool is that as we go on this journey and if we think of it as a spiral or creating sort of a cone, like a like a tornado cyclone, it's like as I go, as I keep taking action, as I keep looking at my thoughts, I keep looking at my beliefs, I start to sort of circle up this spiral. And then suddenly I start to see my desire from a different perspective, a higher vantage point, or I can see all of those other times that I went into fight or flight mode and yelled at my partner or ate the cookies or whatever the thing was that I'm trying to shift or change in my life. It's like suddenly the, as time goes on, the more we learn about ourselves and the more we use this sort of aligning our thoughts, our desires, thoughts, emotions, and actions, um, it becomes this soul enriching process where we're really learning about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that process, I think you're so right. The spiral is a perfect metaphor um, for the process. And I love desires because I think that ends up being the driving force. And as we move up that spiral, you know, and we take action, I'm sure everyone has their own story they can think of, as I say this even, where you thought you wanted something, you had that desire, and you took the action and, you know, maybe you did it for a while or you reached out to the person or, you know, whatever. And then the result of that action made you rethink your desire because you realized, oh, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be, you know, or whatever. It's something about that brings you to a heightened level. And now our consciousness is raised. We have an experience that even says, no, I don't like that. That's not for me. Okay, no problem. Now I just change the desire. Okay, so what? now that I have that information, I'm a little higher up on my spiral, what's my desire? Is it completely different or do I just need to pivot, you know, and shift a little bit on it, you know, whatever, but we can reevaluate that. And the same thing with our thoughts and our feelings. I may have a recurring, most of us do have recurring thoughts that are broad sweeping and negative towards us, like I'm not good enough, you know, or I'm not worthy, or I'm a failure or something like that, that unfortunately, it, on our best day, we think that's gone. And then we get in the spiral and we take some action and we get outside of our comfort zone, because we haven't gone anywhere if we're not outside of our comfort zone, we're just, you know, tooling around in our own backyard. So you get out of your comfort zone. And it will, your unconscious will drag back up that thought or a feeling that you thought you had tackled before, 
but you're not tackling it again from the same place. You're doing it from higher up on that spiral. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's so important that we take a really gracious, loving, non-judgmental view of our life. And I can almost laugh as I'm saying that because I can be really hard on myself. So it feels a little hypocritical to say that, but that's part of my own journey. And what I work on all the time with clients is that we really need to love ourselves into our next level, not criticize, hunker down with discipline, you know, all those things that it's really loving ourselves into our next thing. Um, that will get us there. But the spiral is a great metaphor for how the process really works. Yeah. And I, I am so glad that you brought up this idea of love and gratitude and grace for self, because Mm -hmm. that to me is sort of like the soil from which the spiral then um, is able to be created. I, I teach a lot around manifesting. I teach the manifesting mastermind, which Daniel Fox and I are teaching in just a couple of weeks. If you're interested in joining us for the manifesting mastermind, you can head to www manifesting-mastermind.com. It's a six-week crash course in manifesting. And one of the things that we teach in this class is that like love and gratitude is it's the way it's a, a way to move through life. Um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people I'll find will get really down and out on themselves if they put that thing out there and it doesn't manifest exactly how they thought it would, or it doesn't come into fruition. I think again, this whole process that we're talking about transformation and evolution is really about learning. Um, it's, it's, a coming into yourself, cultivating self-awareness, cultivating self-love, cultivating gratitude. When we're manifesting or creating something different, it's important not to think, oh, we're just manifesting and creating this because um, my life right now is terrible and I don't, I don't want this thing. It's because I want to grow into the next evolution of self. And so mm-hmm. I was at the coffee shop yesterday and there was a gentleman sitting across from me and he was reading a book by Deepak Chopra. And it was some, I can't exactly remember what it's called, but it was something about the universe. And we were talking about desire and I was telling him about the class. And he said to me, I've always learned that desire is a bad thing Mm -hmm. that we shouldn't have desires. And I totally respect other people's opinions and what they believe in and what their truth is. But as I really think about it, I mean, humans were created from desire Two people desiring each other. And so for me, uh, well, you know, hopefully that's the way in which the creation happens of humans. But, um, you know, there's there's so much to to be loved and respected about the things that we really desire and yearn for in our lives. Mm-hmm. So the way I love to think about that is that each one of us, this is my belief, each one of us is like a spark, a piece of the divine. And so we have a unique self that has never been before, will never be again. And only I can express my spark of the divine in the way I can do it. No one else will ever. So if I don't do it, if I don't follow my desires, then those desires will never come out in the world in the way that I would put them out in the world. Mm. And so I think that's a really, really important. And that's why I love that part of, you know, my little four part process of transformation is we spend way too much time doing things we think we're supposed to do or somebody else thinks that what we're supposed to do or society does. I mean, I grew up in a very, very conservative fundamentalist, I would say, um, Baptist upbringing. And I spent my first 35 years of my life just trying to be who I thought you know, the church wanted me to be, who my parents wanted me to be, who my husband wanted me to be. I had no sense of who is Brenda and and what are her unique gifts to the world. Like that wasn't even my orientation. It was uh, my whole orientation was about how to be what somebody else wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. And so I think desires, I think we have to find our own desires and what really drives us. I think that is part of the magic of becoming, you know, who we're really meant to be and finding, you know, the corny thing of who am I, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that corny question is a super powerful question 
and desires is where we start to find that. Beautiful. Yeah. I, um, have you read the science of getting rich? I don't think I've read that one. I've read a bazillion books about manifesting money, but I don't know that one. Who's who, no wait. It's in my Kindle. I bet. Is it a blue cover? I'm not Any sure. Cause I'm listening to it on okay. audiobook, but it's by Wallace D Waddles. I think it's in my Kindle. I just haven't started it. Yeah. Well, for anybody out there who is desiring to, um, I think the the interesting thing about the science of getting rich is to me, it's actually a book about a way of living life as opposed to like a way of just manifesting money and creating money. And what's really interesting to what you just said, I really agree with what you just said about desires. We each have our own unique desires. Like what Brenda wants to do with her life is not the same thing that I desire to do with my life. Brenda, I'm so grateful that you are so organized and so good at doing things in the way that you are because it is not my strength. <laughs> and so I'm so grateful for any help that you um, give. So thank you. Yes, for, you're welcome. But And the other thing is thank you for following your desires because mm -hmm. we need we need people to show up in their desires, in their mm -hmm. gifts, in what they came here to do so that we can, I personally believe all function as a society in the way that we're intended to. And in the book, um, the science of getting rich, he says, you know, and I'm, I want to just preface here, use whatever word resonates with you. I usually say Gus instead of God, like God, universe, spirit. Oh, I, I like that. <laughs> I think I stole it from someone else to be quite honest with you. I'd love to say it was mine. It's not. <laughs> Um, but what's interesting is that in the science of getting rich, he says, you know, God, uh, um, he's desiring to experience himself through you. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's and, a great way to say it. Yeah. It, it had that, that one sentence and I butchered the sentence I'm certain, but it's something to that effect. It's made me shift in my meditation every morning and go, what do you, what do you desire to experience today? Who can I help today? Um, mm -hmm. Where can I go today and, and have a new experience, connect with someone? Um, and it's really opened up my mind. So I love what you said about everybody having unique desires. Mm -hmm. And I do think, and you said this a few minutes ago, uh, that you use different words. So I'm going to say it my way, but it is with all of this the whole journey, the whole spiral, it is about who we're becoming. It isn't about manifesting the, you know, job, the money, the lover, the, you know, whatever. I mean, it is, but because those point to our desires and experiences we want to have, but it's really about who we become in the process of traveling up that spiral and at the end of the day, you know, I love this concept of writing your own obituary um, and thinking about, you know, when I'm at the end of my life, what am I going to look back on that's going to be really important to me? And, and for me, I know it will be that I went for it, that I, you know, was brave enough to get outside my comfort zone over and over again in my life. Mm -hmm. And the things that I've done that have really been in alignment with my desires at the time and, you know, desires change. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing I love about a desire. If you really stay tuned into your own desires, you know, the desires we have at 25, you know, versus 35 or even 50, you know, whatever will be different. They move and change and they grow with us. They are fluid. Yeah. And I love it, anything with fluidity always feels wise to me, you know, like the wisdom of water. And I love water as a metaphor um, versus something that's very rigid and therefore can break very easily. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. And, and what is rigidity too? I feel like often rigidity is more so the, the, the boundaries or the parameters that I put on something to say it has to be a certain way. Yes. I want to just pause for a moment. Um, Brenda, I'm so loving talking with you, connecting with you and connecting with our audience. Brenda and I were just actually on another podcast earlier this mm -hmm. week, the Law of Attraction podcast for anybody out there who likes um, Apple iTunes. I think it's on iTunes, Spotify. It's on some different things, but it's the law, LOA today. It's called LOA, LOA today. And we were talking about the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. So if you're enjoying this conversation, you want to hear more, you can head over to iTunes, go ahead and pop on and check out LOA today. Um, I think it was the episode from 
maybe Wednesday of last week. I think that was Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I want to just say we're going to we're going to go to a break in just a few moments, but I want you to stay tuned. We're going to be talking about, we've talked so much about desires and how desires move us into action. We're going to start talking about after the break, even more, how we can really understand and know which actions are the right actions for us to take in alignment with our goals as opposed and our desires, as opposed to just throwing spaghetti at the wall and just taking any, any old action. So um, we're going to take it to break, Mr. Eric and everybody uh, we'll see you after the break. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back, everybody, to Method Meets Magic Radio. So um, I want to just encourage anybody who's been listening into the show, we'd love it if you could go head over to our Facebook page. If you haven't liked the Facebook page yet, go ahead and click like. And we would really love to hear from you. If you want to shoot us a message, you can actually literally message the page. Let us know what you're enjoying. Let us know what's resonating and let us know what it is you would like to hear more of on the show. Next week, we're going to have James Williams on the show. He is a high performance coach. You're going to be talking all about high performance hacks for taking action towards your goals. He is my coach. He is amazing. I'm so, so excited to have him on the show. It is going to be an absolute treat. We have a killer lineup coming up um after this series our our nine week series we are going it was actually ended up being a 10 week series after this 10 week series we're going to be headed into an abundance series and so we talked about this last week many people think abundance we think money but we're going to actually be talking about what does abundance look like in all aspects of your life we have some amazing amazing people coming on the show for anybody out there who listens to david nagel or you want to check him out he's going to be coming on the show in april we have marla mattinson who's another um, relationship and intimacy coach she's going to be talking to us about what abundance looks like in relationships Um, we have chris winfield and jen gottlieb coming on the show they're going to be talking about relationships and connections as well and creating what you desire Um, We have Denise Duffield-Thomas, who just came out with an amazing book, Chillpreneur. She is a master manifester. She's manifested some amazing, amazing things in her lifetime. So you can check out her book. Um, And yeah, we just, we, Kristen Hadid is going to be coming on here. She wrote Permission to Screw Up. And her book is all about um, really what we were just talking about, which is like learning and taking action and learning from the action that you that you take, whether you, you mess something up or it goes perfectly. Um, and, and that leads me back to, we have Brenda Florida here with us today, life coach, Brenda, thank you for being on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm place, happy to be here. She's filling in for Dan Mangena today, my lovely co-host. Um, and that leads me into Brenda. We were just talking about on the break. I would love to hear from you about you. You to- taught me this concept of act check correct when we're taking action towards our goals i'd love to hear a little bit more about what that process looks like sure so i like this idea of taking the action and then we we stop for that moment or time to reflect and be really conscious about whether that action really took us in the direction we wanted so and i mean this even on a very small level it doesn't have to be uh I started a business, right? That it, that's not an action. That's a hundred thousand <laughs> little actions, right? So I love the idea of taking inspired action versus throwing spaghetti on the wall. Um, and I usually get my own inspired action often after, or either during a meditation or as soon as I'm kind of 
coming out of it, you know, or a lot of times I'll wake up almost like I'm coming out of my dream state in the morning and I just, boom, here's an idea. Oh, and it could be small. Like I should reach out to Tiffany. Well, I haven't thought about Tiffany for four months, but we were once in a mastermind together, you know? And so it's like, oh, that must be an inspired action. So I go do that. And then I check in with myself and I say, well, how did that feel? Because maybe I talked to Tiffany and it actually doesn't feel that great. Well, we could, it's easy to interpret that as a failure then. Oh, well, that didn't work. Or now I'm not going to believe in my inspired action anymore because we have this idea that every action we take should be a total win, you know, mm -hmm. and it's not, that's not real. That's not how life goes. And we learn through the experience of, okay, so I have this call with Tiffany and it actually doesn't feel very good to me. So I decide to stop in this case versus a correction, <laughs> but I'm going to stop now with my action towards Tiffany because I don't think she's an ideal client for me, but I've learned now, what does it feel like to be in a call with someone who's not my ideal client? And in business, for anybody growing a business, that's hugely beneficial. Mm -hmm. So I don't judge my action as a failure because I didn't sign Tiffany on as a client, which is what we tend to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. That this is the, this is why it's about who we're becoming, you know, more so than the, what we think of as the success of an action. So now I've learned about my ideal client, what it, she doesn't look like in this case. And now I go back to, okay, so now what's my next action? Who else could I call? You know, and maybe mm -hmm. I wait for inspiration about that, or maybe I just go down my Facebook friends and see who catches my attention or, you know, my email inbox or whatever. Um, but it's that you check in and see how it felt, what the experience was like, if it still feels in alignment. And then you decide, do you want to keep going? Do you want to stop? Do you want to correct? Do you want to pivot? You know, whatever the, you know, alternatives are there. And then you go take some more action. Beautiful. Yeah, I think that it's something interesting that there's sort of, I see this, I'm, I'm interested to hear your take on this. There's sort of three, one of three things that I find can happen, which is I'm going to sit back and take no action at all because I don't want to mess this up or screw it up. Then there's like taking the action, taking the inspired action. And then there's, um, you know, taking action, it not going as planned, stopping. There's actually probably more than three to this, but taking action, throwing spaghetti at the wall and, and feeling like nothing's working. So I'm just going to toss up my arms and I'm going to, I'm not going to take any more action. I think I've, I've done all three of those things before in my life, or this didn't work out the way I thought it did. So, um, it's probably, you know, there must be something wrong with me. I think it's easy to point the finger back at self and say, mm -hmm. Oh, I must've done something wrong because I went to lunch with Tiffany and she wasn't the ideal client. So I should just quit my business altogether or of course. <laughs> something dramatic. We go like people can go down the rabbit hole. I talked to this person, they said no. So that's must mean that I shouldn't keep going in my business or, um, dating. I got excited. I went on a date with this guy. It, uh, it just, it wasn't a, it, the first date just, it didn't work out. So I probably shouldn't date and I'm going to go back into my hole and not, not date anymore. But I, what mm -hmm. you're talking about is it's almost coming from an observer standpoint of saying, okay, let's look in and see what information did I glean from this? Maybe I learned that Tiffany wasn't my ideal client. Maybe I learned that Bob wasn't the man of my dreams, but what did I actually learn about mm -hmm. myself? And now what action do I want to take as a result of that? Exactly. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny as you were talking about that, because I mean, I am prone to all the same things. Everyone else is where, mm -hmm. you know, you have the bad client call and then you decide you should surely close your business down right away because you have no idea, let alone the dating conversation. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've been single for most of 17 years. So, uh, <laughs> but we I won't go down my rabbit hole there either. <laughs> um, but you know, several years ago, gosh, this is probably 15 years ago now, two people, and I won't say who they are just for their own privacy, but these are very, very, very wealthy entrepreneurs started their own companies, multiple companies, and may, you know, are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. 
And they both happened to say to me within about a two week period, the exact same thing. So it really struck me. And that was that in their own mind, the only thing that made them more successful than others in their peers, or they had, you know, met along the road of their own entrepreneurship was their willingness to fail. They just didn't care. If it didn't work, it was okay. They'd learn a lesson. If there was a lesson to learn, close it up, move on. And they didn't go down those sort of self-deprecating rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. And that was so significant because I, especially 15 years ago, this is part of my own growth, but even today, I am prone to being sucked into that self-deprecating rabbit hole. And so, but when I see the proof in these people who are living it and have the kind of success I want, and they're saying, I just was, you know, didn't care about failing. I was willing to fail more. That was a real eye opener for me. So, I mean, Jess, I would be interested to know for you too, and your work um, as an intuitive, like what is, how do you help people navigate this sort of action, even in my little formula of act, check, correct, navigate that path? Because every action we take has a little different, you know, response to go with it. Yeah. Um, I, I really do use this very similar tools and helping people look at their desires and mm. and looking at what's really important to them in the grander scheme. I wrote actually on Facebook and Instagram this morning. I was at my sixth or seventh grade career fair and Stormin Norman from the radio star 99.9 was there and he had a, he was talking about radio and like doing radio and I remember I was like I want to be a weather girl on the radio like that's what I'm going to do when I grow up and I think about how that was nearly two decades ago and I think to myself how there sometimes there's just time. Like we just need time to grow into the person that we are needing to become to have the opportunity to do the thing. I didn't go to school for radio. Um, I'd have no training in it, but the opportunity came along. The desire was always there, but it's like, I had to keep going. I did a podcast. I created mm -hmm. a podcast. I would be on other people's podcasts. Um, you know, I, I did some TV opportunities, things like that. It's, Continuing to explain to people, I think that basis of what we talked about at the beginning and taking action, love, gratitude. I am definitely prone to um, being hard on myself and wanting to quit when I think things aren't going my way. That certainly comes up. Um, but I think it's muscle memory and I think it's it's getting knocked down and then saying, how much can I jump up maybe 0.2 of a second faster the next mm -hmm. time that this happens? Can I get up just a little bit quicker? Can I, um, you know, what are my resources that help me to continue taking action? Is it going into meditation? Is it connecting with a coach? Is it breathing? Is it writing? What are the tools and the modalities that allow me to continue to show up and to continue taking action? And I had this awesome client a couple of years ago who was like, I believe in failing forward, like just mm -hmm. keep failing forward. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think with action, you know, looking at, I'm, I'm curious to hear from you about, we talked about in the, uh, a little while ago, not just taking action that's throwing spaghetti at the wall and going, let me just put everything out there and see what happens, but really taking aligned and inspired action. I'm curious to know from you, Brenda, what, what is inspired and aligned action to you? Mm. That's a great question. So to me, it is, so part of it is like the example I used where when I get an idea during meditation or I'm taking a walk on the beach is, would do it for me. Like, but it, for you, it might be exercising or someplace where the, um, all that monkey mind chatter that's usually going on in our brains. What about this way? What about that? Oh, I could do that. Da, 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 da. When that is calmed down, and you're almost in that sort of, it's almost like a trance state, right? Like I'm just kind of zoned out. I'm just walking on the beach. I'm enjoying nature. I'm coming out of a sleep. I'm coming out of meditation, whatever, whatever state. Sometimes it happens driving. 
right? Because mm-hmm. you can just kind of be zoned out. Hopefully you're paying attention to the road. Uh, and this idea comes, okay? I, I love those and I pay a lot of attention to those. But I'm also very pragmatic. And that's probably what makes me organized and why I do the business I do with entrepreneurs to help them is that there's a lot of value in strategic planning, basically, you know, Mm -hmm. a a really thoughtful plan of what to do next and getting advice and getting help. I mean, you mentioned your coach before Mm -hmm. I have my coaches I go to, I mean, really productive, successful people are never doing it alone. Mm -hmm. I do not think any of us are meant to do it alone. And so you got, we have to be willing to ask for help. We have to be willing to hire the coaches, read the books, you know, whatever it is that we need to do, get in the masterminds or, you know, some other group, depending on whatever you're, you want to do, because we're not intended to be all our sole source of, you know, every idea and whatever. And so I think getting that help um, to really thoughtfully plan out, if I want to start a business, what are my next steps? You don't have to know what all of those are. You just need to know that your next step is to find somebody who can help you with those, just as an example. Does that answer your question? Yeah. And it's making me think about something that I listened to this morning. I think it's important. Like you said, if we were supposed to do it alone, I think we'd be put on this earth completely by ourselves. And whether it's doing the mastermind or the two week meditation retreat out Mm -hmm. in somewhere that you can get quiet and be away from the noise, whatever that is for you, whatever that investment is in yourself is so, so important. Um, I know I feel like I was raised in a, um, in a time where it was a lot of, you know, the people around me, the friends, the peers, it was like, make sure you, you do it on your own and you get everything done and don't ask for help and don't bother anyone. Um, you know, you should just be able to figure it out on your own. And I, I don't believe in that. Um, I was listening this morning to something by Kyle Cease. He did a, one of his masterminds. Are you familiar with Kyle Cease? I no, I'm not. Oh my gosh. I, I also asked him to be on the show. We're going to manifest him eventually being okay. on the show, but he's another coach. And, um, he was talking about, he's talking about money and business. And he was talking about sort of these three ways of taking action that all look very different. Like you have three people, they're all given a million dollars. Person a goes and like just takes the million dollars and like goes and parties and indulges themselves. And they have this sort of temporary, excitement, enjoyment in their lives that they're, you know, it runs out. Once the million's gone, the million is gone. And then you have person B who goes and invests it and they make, you know, whatever, 10% back every year on the money that they make. So they're making more money, but they're not really growing inside with the money. Person A definitely isn't growing. They're probably (laughs) shaving a couple of years off their life. Person B investing, making the money back. There's nothing wrong with investing. I think it's great, but He says, like looking at person C, person C took the money and they were like, how can I keep growing myself? Mm -hmm. How can I keep adding value to who I am as a person? So that way I can always keep making a million dollars back. You know, you think about Oprah, Oprah Mm -hmm. continually grows herself. I think she grows herself, but we look at these people who are investing in themselves and they are becoming the value. We are becoming Mm -hmm. the value so that if I lost the million dollars tomorrow, I have everything within me to go out and create it again. And I think that taking aligned action mm-hmm. is so much of asking yourself who you want to become, like, who do mm-hmm. I want to become and what are the resources, the different things that I need in order to become that? Absolutely. I'm so passionate about that concept of just becoming, you know, who we were really meant to be that spark of the divine and liberating ourselves to the point that we really feel free to express that because we don't express it because of all these other things, like you've said, like being brought up to, you know, do it all yourself and you're supposed to be this way or look this way or not do these things or not like those things or whatever. We've all been conditioned to that stuff. And so it's really about, this is why I love being a life coach and why my whole business isn't about just helping entrepreneurs (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I love to help anyone who's ready to liberate themselves from all the things that hold them back. 
you know, and we all have them. And that's when we can really open up to who this, that idea of who could I become? Who could mm-hmm. I become? And the road to who we are becoming isn't just all uh, super, you know, it's not rainbows and unicorns because we don't learn usually from the rainbows and unicorns. They're lovely. Um, but I, you know, from my life, I've learned my biggest lessons and I've had my biggest leaps in transformation from my most difficult times. It's almost like I'm starting to think that the harder it is, the bigger my leap will be when I look back on it, mm-hmm. as far as how much I was, I grew because, um, that's what stretches us and, and helps us get to that next level, which is what I think the whole purpose of life is, is that evolution to the next highest expression of ourselves. What do you think it is about challenge that allows and challenges in our lives, hardships that allows us to grow to a greater extent? Why is it that that challenge breeds growth? Mm. I think because it strips away our preconceived ideas. You know, when I have a challenge, at least for me in my life, and you can tell me if this is true with you too, Jess, is that there's usually some point in the challenge where I'm like, now, wait a minute. I thought I did what I was supposed to do. You know, Mm -hmm. like I thought I was following the rules and now I'm getting divorced and I've got these four kids and I don't have a Norman Rockwell painting anymore. And so when following the rules doesn't get you there, it opens you up to, well, okay, what else is there or what might I have missed or, you know, whatever it is that opens you up, expands you in to a new way of thinking of things, or at least an openness to see something differently. And Mm -hmm. we can't grow until, you know, if you think of nature really literally, it's, it's growing. It's not the same size as it was the day before. And so if I'm going to not be the same size as I was the day before, I have to expand. I have to get bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, I mean, how do you, what do you think about, I'll ask you the same question. I mean, why, why is it, I mean, I, I love the idea that we can learn from happiness and joy. And of course I think sometimes we do, but I think all of us look at our lives and we go, yeah, it was the challenging stuff that really gave us our growth. So why do you think that is? I, well, I love what you said. And I, I want to just add on to that because okay. I agree with what you're saying. I think that if we talk about default programs that we run on, the world is always like this. Things mm-hmm. always go this way. I'm always the this person. I'm always the that person. It's like we don't have to think. And mm-hmm. when we are, when something happens and it, um, you know, I think there's a way like something happens and it causes pain inside. Maybe it's pain of my thoughts. I'm not good enough. Or there's anxiety. Like I got into a fight with someone, something happened, there was an argument. And instead, you know, I might in the beginning, my reaction may be, you know, with this challenge that comes up, I start digging up everything I've always done in the way that I've always done it. Like you said, this has always worked. It's always worked this way. You figure out it's not working anymore. Suddenly you have to take a step back and, and look at yourself and go, okay, let's like take an assessment. It'd be like, you know, if I kept putting my foot on the brake in the car, mm-hmm. thinking it was the accelerator mm-hmm. after a while, if I'm really hungry and trying to go get food, I'm going to be like, so I got to do something different. I'm in pain. I'm hungry. I need to figure out why this car isn't going anywhere. Why is isn't moving? So mm-hmm. it gives us an opportunity. I think, you know, we're, we've talked so much about actions or we've talked so much about the way we feel and the way that we think. And, you know, we've talked a lot about shifting our feelings and changing our feelings, but I actually really think our feelings give us a barometer for understanding where we are in the evolutionary process of ourselves and, um, you know, where we experience pain. I got into a little bit of a, an argument with somebody and it wasn't even an argument, but a, a misunderstanding with somebody this morning. And immediately I wanted to kind of lock up in fear and shame. Mm. And I came back to gratitude and love and this idea, the Jim Carrey quote, like life isn't happening to me, it's happening for me. And suddenly as I breathed in love and I breathed in gratitude and I forgave myself a little bit, 
in that moment, I had some clarity around what's a different kind of action that I could take because I wanted to just react the way that I always have in situations like that. So I think it gives us an opportunity to heal. I think it gives us an opportunity to see that actually within every situation, it's not black and white. It's not either we're going to break up or we're going to stay together. It's actually, there's uh, it's like the 50 shades of gray. Like yes. there's a million opportunities or different mm-hmm. possibilities of what could happen or what we could do or how we could, one of us could choose to evolve and one of us could choose to react the same way that they have or both evolve together. There's a million different, different ways that things could work out. Um, and so I think when we have hardships and we, we have that space to grow through, it makes us look at things not in a black and white way, but again, in those 50 shades, 500 shades of gray. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. And I think that really speaks to the importance of the internal, your internal life versus our external circumstances and, you know, that part of life that really what's inside is going to drive what shows up outside. And that's where going back to inspired action, that to me is ultimately what we're looking for is that when I decide to take an action in that moment, does it feel aligned with the inner, you know, the inner me and the inner, the, the life that I want to create. So my abundance mindset. So it's this decision in alignment with that. And I, maybe I do it and I realize, oops, no, you know, again, it's not about getting it right all the time. That just gives me my anchor for, oh, okay, no, that didn't take me towards abundance. Okay. So I must've needed to learn something with that action, which I learned. And now I go back and pick a different action. I make that correction, that course correction and, and just skipping the step of self-judgment. Yeah. How do you, well, and, and so it sounds to me like the self-judgment component for your, you and myself has been, um, in taking action that's quote, not doesn't turn out the way that perhaps you expect it to. What are some of the ways in which you have learned to let go of self-judgment in those moments? Mm. I will tell you, so I already mentioned I have four children and uh, I also now have three grandchildren. And I would say, especially with the grandchildren. So this is one of those things that needs a little age on a person to get there. But uh, for me, it did anyway. But when I look at would I respond that way to one of my children or my grandchildren? And I, and nine times out of 10, or I could do it with my best friend, you know, would I, if she did the same action and had the same result, would I be judging and shaming her? And 99 out of a hundred times, my answer is, oh my gosh, no, I would be loving her. I, if it was a hard, you know, she had a stressful outcome from it. I would be giving her comfort. I would be supporting her, you know, sort of, let's just get back on the horse and, you know, what do we need to do? And I wouldn't be saying any of the things I say to myself. So I think that's the most tangible tool because, you know, me, the pragmatic, I like these tangible tools uh, that I've used as I'll turn it. As soon as I'm conscious of the fact that I'm browbeating myself, I will turn it onto one of them, whoever I think of first, somebody I love and care about and say, would it, you know, Brenda, would you respond this way to them? And then no. And now let me turn my response back to myself. Mm. I think what's cool about what you just said is it makes me come back to what we talked about at the very beginning of all of this. Sometimes it's easier to give love outside of ourselves than it is to give love to Mm -hmm. ourselves. So I love that you've, you created a tool that is looking at what are things that I really love and really feel connected to in order to understand why I wouldn't do that to myself. Yes, I have when I'm coaching people, because of course, I coach plenty of people who don't have children and whatever. And so a lot of times a pet is a good insert there. Like, how would you treat your pet? You know, every pet pees on the floor or does something that's even wrong or bad or whatever. But we're not browbeating them for hours and then telling everybody we see for the next three weeks about how they did that. But we'll do it for ourselves. 
oh, I made this terrible mistake. And then I got to tell all my friends. And then I tell my family and then I post something on Facebook and we just keep reliving it instead of letting it go. So, I mean, I think that's my, the other piece I would put to how do I let it go? Some of that is just saying, I'm letting it go. I'm going to stop talking about it and I'm going to stop reliving it in my own mind. The stopping talking about it is huge. huge. There's we such that in life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You'll never get away from it. If you keep telling the story. Yes. And it, there's so much, um, to be learned about other people through the, to- the stories that they tell and the stories that we, that we tell over and over again, even the positive stories, mm-hmm. even just being like, you know, talking about the things that you really love that you've done, you know, it's, it's really interesting to hear what's important to people and what's, um, you know, what they talk about, what they speak about and what they continue to create in their reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think those are some really, really powerful tools. Um, I would love to just remind everyone we're nearing the very end of the show. So I want to, Brenda, thank you so very much for joining us today as our guest. Um, I would love for you to tell the people where they can find you. You can find me at brendaflorida.com. You can email me at brenda at brendaflorida.com. I'm on Facebook, Brenda Florida. You see the theme here. Um, actually, on Instagram, I'm lavish, Brenda, because my tagline for my business is live lavishly. And I think, Brenda, something was taken there in my name on Instagram. So I'm lavish, Brenda, on Instagram. But I just love, I'd love to connect with any of, you know, the viewers and you know, hear from you if you have any questions from anything that was said or, you know, anything. I love the conversation of all of this, right? Because that's what helps all of us keep going. Absolutely. That engagement is so key. And you can head over to our Facebook page, Method Meets Magic over on Facebook and let us know what are you enjoying about the show? What do you want to hear more about? Um, Go ahead and shoot us a Facebook message. We'd love, love, love to hear from you. Um, I have an intuition basics course coming up starting on March 26th. I almost said January 26th. It's (laughs) terrifying to me. We're like halfway through March. Um, You can head over to www.jessbubbicobubbi.com co.com slash intuition dash basics to join the class. I only have four spots left in class. So I'd love to have you join me if you're interested. Also the manifesting mastermind with myself and Daniel Fox, you can head over to www.manifesting-mastermind.com and tune in next week. We're going to have James Williams coming on the show to talk to us about high performance. Um, you're going to get some really amazing tips, tricks, and tools to amp up your action taking game. All right, ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful day. Thank you again, Brenda, and we will see you next week. Thank you. See you, everybody.